Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Do you wake up and head to work every day with the feeling that you're just going through the motions? Have you experienced that nagging feeling that something is just missing and that you're not living your life's purpose? Our guest, Claudia Castellanos, co-founder and CEO of Black Mamba Foods, had a successful corporate career, but couldn't shake the feeling that she was meant to do more with her life. To the surprise of her friends and colleagues, Claudia quit her corporate job to volunteer in Africa in search of her purpose. In this episode, Claudia shares her story of finding clarity, overcoming her fears, and making difficult decisions leading to the launch of her business, Black Mamba Foods. Claudia is passionate about Africa and finding ways to develop the continent through sustainable projects that uplift women, considers the inclusion of grassroots communities, and protection of the environment. Black Mamba Foods is a growing brand with a strong social and environmental ethos based in Eswatini that manufactures and distributes specialty food products in South Africa and overseas. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Claudia. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you and learn more about you and your journey. And I'm super interested to hear about your journey because you are someone who has had a significant transition where you went, I guess, on a trip to another country, you fell in love with it, and then decided to make that other country your home. So we'd love to learn more about your journey, how you landed where you landed, and um, a little bit about how you remain successful. Um, hi, Monica. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast of Beyond Barriers. I'm very excited to be here yes. and, and to share a little bit about um, our story. My story, I guess, is now very intricate with Black Mamba. But um, just to tell you a little bit about me, I am Colombian by birth and adopted African for the past 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, I um, did a very sort of corporate career. My start, I started in Colombia, went to a French school, I did my perfect sort of like university degree. Then I went to do an MBA in Barcelona that landed me a corporate job. Um, but then when I was turning 30, I had this sort of, I think, 30 crisis. Uh-huh. I started feeling like I started feeling literally that I had no purpose, that I had this great corporate job and I was traveling and doing stuff. And one day I woke up and I said, do I want to, you know, turn 50 one day and believe that this is what I've done in my life. I I believe there should be more. Mm -hmm. And and that's where I believe for me, I felt that life was pretty empty without that, that so-called purpose. Mm -hmm. And then my search started looking for what else I could do, where else I could go, how else I could um, just bring some sort of significant contribution to the world in a way. And I started looking for opportunities for volunteering. I just thought, you know what, let me just do that for a little bit. 
and just volunteer and see if I can find something better to do. And looking into that, I, I bumped into a great organization that um, used to bring MBAs to Africa mm-hmm. for helping with social with skills for small businesses. Uh-huh. And that opportunity took me to Swaziland, which is now Swatini. Mm-hmm. So I landed here for something that was supposed to be here for four months and ended up being now 10 years. Wow. So as you can see, I really enjoy being here. I landed here not knowing anything about the country um, mm-hmm. with that sort of like white savior um, feeling in my head. I just came here to save Africa. And then very soon I realized, well, you know what? Africa doesn't need to be saved at all. <laughs> it was more kind of like the other way around, you know? Mm-hmm. And um When I decided to stay, I decided to create a business. I do believe in the power of business to do good. You know, like businesses are always vilified, but I think if you have a business with the right right foundations, you have a very powerful tool to do good. And Mm -hmm. that's how Black Mamba was born. And this is what I do now. I ended up being the co-founder and now managing director of Black Mamba, which is a social business that produces award-winning chili sauces, pestos, chutneys, jams that are exported throughout the world. And the way we work is we source our fresh ingredients from small growers, mostly women, that we train in permaculture and regenerative agriculture. Being called Black Mamba, it's very suited to something that has lots of chilies. Um, And it's very environmentally friendly as well in the sense that we obviously were regenerative agriculture, but we try to make our packaging as environmentally friendly as possible, social and environmental ethos. And today, through working with Black Mamba, we have been able to improve or bring positive impact to over a thousand rural people living in Swaziland and also to bring a business that nowadays exports that's a fantastic story. So you go on a volunteer job and I love what you said. You, you know, you went originally thinking I'm going to Africa, I'm going to save Africa. You realize Africa doesn't need saving. Actually I do. Um, but you mentioned that you were going because you were seeking clarity, you were seeking purpose. Um, and we work with a lot of women where we try to help them, you know, find clarity to um, understand what their unique value proposition is. Um, what were the keys for you to gain clarity? You know, how did you identify your strengths and your purpose? And then ultimately, like you said, starting a business, uh, what helped you gain that clarity? Um, I would say one thing that it's been very um, important for me, and I think it for everybody is like you first kind of realize what you don't want to do before you realize what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think deep down, you always know at some point when you feel stuck in your career, in your work, in your relationship, you kind of like, you know, deep down, you know. And then that's for me, the sort of like starting point to search charity. So, okay, I am not happy with what I'm doing now at the moment. My job is not fulfilling me. I am waking up in the morning and not feeling this sort of like joy of going to work. Um, so I must be, I need to start looking for charity then. Mm-hmm. So, um, some of the things that have helped me, and it was funny because the, the, the sort of aha moment, the light bulb, when I decided to come to Africa was literally watching a movie. I was watching a movie in Italy when I was living then uh-huh. about this, um, this nurse that at some point was feeling really kind of like down in her life and she decided to come to Africa and it was just kind of like, oh my God, I want to be that nurse. I want to go to Africa. That's what I want to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was very funny because that was sort of like a, the light bulb moment for clarity 
Uh-huh. But from then on, I think um, for me in my career as an entrepreneur, um, I've been very, um, I, I like learning. I'm a very curious person. I like to do webinars. I like to do business accelerator programs. So mm-hmm. some of the things that I've done um, have helped me to actually get that clarity. Mm-hmm. For instance, I remember doing a few years ago when I first landed in Swaziland with a friend of mine that is also a great uh, mentor mm-hmm. um, called Zoe Lynn Smith, um, something called the Holistic Life Map. Mm-hmm. The Holistic Life Map allows you to um, kind of like picture an idea of your life and um, visualize it. What do you want to do? For instance, I did another great workshop that I remember now called Strengths Finder. Uh Um, Again, I think that deep down we know what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are, but sometimes when you express them out loud and you have somebody through a test that tells you, you know what, you are a learner, you are an achiever. You're like, oh, yeah, I kind of knew that, but that's great to have confirmation because that allows you to actually work on those Mm -hmm. strengths and use them for better good. So once you know what your strengths are, that allows you to, yeah, improve them basically or or know that those are the one things that you want to work with more than I love that. And I love those ideas of like doing the strength finders because you're absolutely right. A lot of the times you're looking for that external validation or that confirmation of what it is that you're good at. Even though you probably know what it is, it's really powerful and important to hear it either from others, right? When you seek feedback and they tell you, you know, what you're good at, um, you know, asking them, what am I good at? What do you think of me? What do you come to me for? Um, And getting that clarity, uh, you know, and then they can, you know, it's just, you almost, you knew it, but them saying it kind of validates it. And you're like, okay, great. I'm going to focus on that. Um, I love that. I love those tips that you just shared. Now, you were supposed to go and do this volunteer thing for four months, and now it's 10 years later and you're still in Swaziland um, and you decided to make it your home. Now, I'm sure there were moments of doubt or maybe fear or limiting beliefs of like, how am I going to, you know, just pick up and move? How did you, did you experience those and how did you get past them? Um, at the very beginning, because it was something that it was supposed to be short term it was kind of like liberating you know it was uh-huh. exhilarating to say I am going to the unknown and I'm not very much of a risk taker in a way so it was a perfect sort of balance between I'm going to the unknown but I'm coming back in four months so right. that was sort of the commitment that I had within myself and um, but I had so many of my friends, you know, that say, are you crazy? You cannot leave your perfectly well-paid job here just to go and be a volunteer in Africa, you know? It's like you have an apartment, you have furniture. People even giving me those sort of excuses. You have furniture. What are you <laughs> going to do with it? And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> so it was more kind of a, like a... And it worked really well in the sense that I was just, okay, I'm going to go there for four months and see what happens. And as soon as I arrived here, I immediately saw the potential to work 
for purpose. And I don't know, like in my life, I think one of my, my, my inner mantra has been for many years now, be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. And the moment you arrive to a place where you can actually see that you can see concrete change and impact on what you do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, okay, that's it. This is destiny. I'm supposed to be here. And then all your fear goes away in a way, you know, right. All the things that probably work back then is that I was single. I didn't have any serious commitments. I didn't have any serious responsibilities in terms of financial responsibilities. So the timing was also perfect in terms of, yep, this is good. I have nothing to lose really. So let's just do it, you know? And, and that was a great thing. You know, I guess thinking about now that I have two kids that are married, one sort of like change, life-changing sort of decision might be slightly more difficult to take. But back then it was just like, I just, I was excited about the adventure and the new things. And in that sense, it was, it was fairly easy to, to decide to do it. And then when I came here, I fell in love with everything. And, and then it was super easy to decide, yep, this is home now. Fantastic. So talking about, and, and you allude to it a little in your answer in that, you made a very difficult decision and you took a big risk and it was easier for you at that time because really at the end of the day, you said people were telling you, you have furniture, you have an apartment, but you were like, that was the extent of it. Now that you are married, you have children and you face big decisions and, and, you know, sometimes have to make a risky decision. What are some things or techniques that you use to make difficult decisions um, and then move forward with confidence? Um, well, being an entrepreneur, and I think that will resonate with many other entrepreneurs if they're listening, yeah. you have to make difficult, scary decisions almost every day. Mm-hmm. And it's very lonely, you know, sometimes it's, it's your business. And even though you have a team, most of the really difficult and critical decisions in your business fall into you, into you uh-huh. and a partner, if you have a partner as well. Um, so some of the things, one thing that I've always done is um, always ask myself, what is the worst that can happen if I fail? Mm. You know, like I'm going to try to reach a new market with Black Mamba. What if I can't succeed? So if the answer to that question that is obviously very subjective and biased because it's between me, myself and I, Uh is, well, the worst that can happen is that I have to start over with another market. You know, it doesn't really affect... The, the sort of like the core of the business, it doesn't affect um, the, the sort of continuity of the business, then I'll go for it, you know? That's, that's a sort of balance between taking a risk and being a little bit risk averse. Um, so that helps very well. What is the worst that can happen if I fail? Mm. And um, another thing that is very recent for me, now that Black Mamba is scaling up and it's growing and it's something that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, we tend to think small. You started very small as an entrepreneur. Most of us, we start very small. We started, you know, in my case, we started literally with a pot of chili sauce from the back of the kitchen, uh-huh. chopping the chilies myself and doing everything. <laughs> so you start very small and it's hard to think big. And I, I have now a mentor that became a director of, of Black Mamba now, Sarah Duse, that one day told me, you need to think big. You need to actually think, don't be scared to think, yeah, we're going to be like a Tabasco or even bigger. We're going to be like a city yes. that's actually bigger. Uh-huh. The moment you think big, you start having the courage to be bold and, and think about it, you know? So that's another thing that has worked very well for me in terms of having the courage to make decisions, you know? 
That's fantastic. And that is so true in terms of, you know, thinking big and visualizing, you know, putting it out there and thinking, um, you know, how, how, how can this be bigger? But I love what you do in terms of worst case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? And can I live with it? And, you know, and then it's easier to make that decision because you've already kind of said, okay, worst case scenario is not really going to be the end of me. Um, so let's just move forward. I, I love that tip that you just shared. Now, talking a little bit about, um, you know, in terms of starting small and now that you're growing and you see yourself growing and you've probably as an entrepreneur had, you know, some failures or setbacks, what are some things that you do in overcoming those failures and setbacks so that you can keep moving forward and it doesn't hinder your decision making? Um, I think in terms of um, conviction, you know, it's interesting. I think um, I've always been a very determined person. I mean, some would say the right word is stubborn. <laughs> so it's almost like the sort of thing is like, oh, you, you can't do this. And then I said, really, you think, see, hold my beer and let me show you that I can do it. <laughs> so it's more kind of like um, attitude of, of really being very bold and determined, but obviously that goes very much related to personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more kind of like I want to show that I am able to do it. And, and being a woman also in, in some of the circles that I, that I have to deal with in a very still patriarchal society in terms of entrepreneurship is almost kind of like, well, if you can do it, I can do it better and I'm going to show you. So that emboldens me, the fact that I can prove to others that I am able to do things myself. Um, but I think the other thing that I've noticed throughout this entrepreneurial journey is that you do, you do face failure constantly, you know, plans that you want to do in a way that then turn out the way to be. Um, I remember in particular after, after a very difficult moment at Black Mamba, we were coming out of a trade show and some payments that we were expecting for customers were not coming through. And then all of a sudden, I don't even have money to pay salaries. And this is me crying on a pedestrian walk in Cape Town with my <laughs> hand between my knees and saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to quit. But then I realized um, one quote that resonates very much with me is like, if you're tired, learn to rest and not to quit. Mm. And that's exactly what happens. Sometimes you just need to cry it out, to sleep it out, to breathe it out. It's not the end of the world. Once you've done that, you come back with a plan. So I'm a very big also fan of strategic planning and making a plan. If plan A doesn't work, there's also plan B, C, D, E, F, G, etc. So um, I guess the positivity, the power of positivity is very strong and and like like the boldness of your personality, but as well, the the fact that you always think this is the worst, this this cannot be the worst that can happen. I can come back with a different plan, you know? Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. And it resonates with me because I recently had a conversation, another podcast interview with uh, Sylvia Garcia, who is an Mm. expert on... um, the, you know, happiness. And she used to be the global uh, lead for the Happiness Institute at Coca-Cola. And she talked about how um, you have to cry it out and allow those bad feelings because the same, what did she say? The same kind of uh, synapses that allow you to be happy are the same ones that, you know, 
cause you to be sad or whatever. So you have to cry it out. You have to breathe it out and everything to allow that channel to be open so that that happiness and the positivity can come back. So I love what you said in that you allow yourself to cry it out and everything. And then you're like, okay, now it's time to plan and move forward in a positive manner. Um, and I think that is a wonderful tip in terms of really getting past those uh, setbacks. Now, you definitely, mentioned, definitely. Yes. And you mentioned um, <laughs> earlier that you also have a strong kind of network mentors and sponsors. Um, and one thing that I noticed that a lot of women do have sometimes struggles with is really leveraging their community or establishing strong relationships with influential leaders. Um, what has helped you gain access to influential leaders and mentors? Um, I think, again, one of my strengths that I found through several sort of tests that I've done with strengths is the, the um, connectedness. I, I really believe in the power of being connected. And I think you bring that out when you're talking to other people. You are genuinely excited to meet, to get to know the people. You're genuinely excited to learn from other people. And when you have that sort of passion that transpires and you come across as a genuine person. Mm. So when I want to really reach to someone that I admire, I, I, what I always said to other people that I mentor myself is like, what is the worst that can happen? Again, as I said before, if uh-huh. this person rejects you, nothing. Well, it's embarrassing and you will be a little bit like, you know, disappointed. Your ego will suffer, but that's it. You move on. So rather risk that and on the other hand, potentially gain an amazing mentor that is going to help you with your business. I mean, mentors don't fall from the sky. You look for them. Nobody, you are not going to go and say, oh, let me mentor you. It's like you're right. going to say, and like, please be my mentor. Right. So being very, again, curious, be very genuine helps a lot. But I think it's also extremely important in, in the entrepreneurial life to start building a network very soon in your career, in your life. Mm-hmm. And you can build networks by joining organizations of other female founders, by doing um, business accelerator programs. Um, by actually, even in your country, you know, in Swaziland, for instance, Eswatini, sorry, um, there is quite a few entrepreneurs that work on handcrafts, on food. So it's a small country, so it's very easy to build that network. And what we see is that we are very, there's a lot of solidarity. We help each other. And um, I remember writing a blog um, quite recently about how important it is to have connections and have connections with your friends, you know, like they are so important to have the shoulder to cry on, to have that glass of wine, to talk mm-hmm. about your day. But beyond that, it is very important to find your tribe of other women entrepreneurs and people that have the same sort of frustrations and issues and challenges that you have as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Because these people, besides giving you a shoulder to cry on, are giving you practical solutions to your issues. So building networks from very soon when you start working on that, like pushing yourself towards meeting new people. And now it's so easy, you know, even virtually on Facebook, there's a million groups. I am, I belong to three groups that are related to food entrepreneurs. Uh And one of them is specifically for female food entrepreneurs. And it's brilliant. You know, you can just put a question there. People are going to come Let's do a Zoom meeting about this. This is what I did in my Uh case. This is the marketing contact that you need. And that helps a lot. And I guess the main thing is I am a firm believer in in karma, Uh positive and negative. So if you're actually a giving person, that's going to be coming back to you multiplied by three. 
Uh-huh. So if you're genuine and you actually provide that sort of empathy level and help that other support that other people need, it's going to come back to you and it's going to be amazing for everybody within your tribe. I think that's fantastic. And I love your that idea of reciprocity, right? If you're a giving person, it'll come back to you. Um, but part of it too is making sure that you have that healthy balance, right? Of like, if you're a giving person, make sure that you're not constantly giving, but you're also doing the asking and taking some of that back so that you can you can balance that. And, and um, I think that's fantastic. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to IamBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Going back to one of the comments you made in uh, earlier around, you know, dealing with failures and setbacks, and you talked about, you know, that challenge of, you know, you now love planning because a lot of the times when you have those setbacks, you learn from it and you're like, okay, next time I'm going to have a better strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, it's wonderful to have plan A, plan B, plan C, but what are some tips you can share on effective execution, because I feel like that's a lot of the times the women that we work with will say, this is great. There's a plan or someone will give them some advice, but then actually put taking action on it is where they get stuck. What are some tips you can share on execution? Um, I am again convinced of the benefits of strategic planning. I know it's like big some people like let's do a strat plan here and there it does work it does work I work with a lot of strategic planning for other smaller businesses that I mentor I do that you know sacredly every year for Black Mamba and uh-huh. um, I, I can't remember how the say goes exactly but something like a goal without a um, action plan is no more than a dream you know you can have as many goals and objectives as you want in your life but unless you have specific concrete actions on how to reach that goal you're not really going to reach anything it's impossible mm. yeah. so for me it's very very important to start and do it do it once a year when you're you know, calm at some point beginning of the year is usually a good time when you sit down and say, okay, which are our objectives for this year? And also one thing that I've started doing recently is like, don't overwhelm yourself with a million objectives. Choose three. Right. Three main objectives. And how am I going to achieve these objectives? And obviously, if you have a team, what you're going to do is you're going to delegate responsibilities for specific objectives. I don't know. I assume a lot of, of the listeners have heard about SMART goals. That's yes. exactly what you want to do. Something that is realistic, specific, measurable, a little bit ambitious, but not that is not going to be attainable because then what's even the point of trying mm-hmm. uh, within a, a, a timeline and with a budget. So basically, is everything gets almost kind of like cut in small pieces that are achievable. And then all of a sudden, your objective doesn't seem too far to reach or too difficult to reach because you've done your strategic planning, you've assigned responsibilities and you've assigned a timeline. Mm -hmm. And 
the other thing that I absolutely, absolutely encourage people to do is like, don't do it once a year and then put it on your drawer and forget about it. <laughs> just every quarter, just take it out because it's only three objectives and your smart goal shouldn't be more than two or three per sort of like part of your business. So for marketing, HR, operations, whatever you have, even for your personal life, you know, mm-hmm. and then after a quarter, come and check. It's like, did we do this? What did we reach? What would we still need to move to the other um, next quarter? So that, that has worked very well for us as a business. I think that's one of the main keys of success of Black Mamba. And the other thing, which is something that I learned, again, from another great mentor that I have, Kathleen, and is what she calls the hedgehog strategy. Mm. You are usually, as a small business, lured in every direction. There's a possibility of growing in Middle East and in Europe and in Africa and in you know, and uh, the United States and Australia, somebody wants your product and then you're pulled into every direction and you don't have enough resources to actually be able to achieve every single sort of like um, siren song that you hear. Right. So hedgehog strategy means is like focus. In other words, instead of going in every different direction, stick to a plan and focus. I mean, there are things that come your way. Of course, you're not going to say no, but really focus on the things that you know you can achieve. Don't try to achieve everything all at once. Basically. Right. I love that. It's it's very similar to like the power of no, like know when to <laughs> know when it, you need to say no <laughs> exactly. so that you can stay focused. I think that's fantastic. So talking and building a little bit on that, um, and this this will be the final question in terms of wrapping us up. But you know as we are moving forward in this, you know, digital age with technology and all of these things changing. Um, you know, you as a business person and, and with your strategic planning, how do you stay ahead of, of kind of like the changing times? And how do you make sure that, you know, you as Black Mamba are, um, you know, growing, but also evolving with all of the technology and all of those things? How would you say, um, what are some tips you would, you would, share with our women listeners on how you make sure that you are accelerating success for Black Mamba, even in these, you know, times where technology and the digital age is, you know, changing? Um, That's a great question for somebody living in the middle of a tiny little country in Africa. (laughs) Technology (laughs) is definitely not one of our strengths, I I would say straight away. But um, one thing, again, as an entrepreneur that has been very instrumental uh, in our success is the fact that even though I am disconnected from the world, Uh I am always... Well, technology has helped me to be connected, you know, like I'm constantly, I'm very curious again. So I'm constantly learning about trends, about forecasts, what's going to happen in my industry, what's happening with the specialty food, what's happening with the way people are consuming products, what's happening with the level of um, consciousness regarding um, environmentally friendly products. Everything that is related to my industry, I know and I read and I get newsletters to me all the time. So obviously one of the things like you mentioned is like, they believe that in the next five years, 75% of all our purchases are going to be done online. Wow. So we need to be in that train, whether we like it or not, whether you're in the middle of Africa or whether you're, you know, in Silicon Valley, it's something that we all have to make, you know, terms with. Mm-hmm. So based on that, one thing that we've started doing um, is working very hard on our social media, improving mm. what the presence that we have online at the moment. And we are now working on e-commerce. We do have already quite a few um, 
outlets, online outlets around the world. So it's fairly easy for us to direct people like you want to buy the product in Hong Kong, you can buy it from here. You want to buy your product in the US, you can buy it from here. But I think it's important that we start working on the D2C, direct to consumer market in that sense. Um, and we are already exploring that. So we are not cutting edge, <laughs> but we are willing to actually start learning on how to do that and, and how to actually harness that power that we believe in. It's done in the digital world for sure. Fantastic. And I think that is so important. And I love, like you said, even though you are in a part of the world that is somewhat disconnected, you're leveraging the technology to stay connected, to stay ahead. And you are leveraging technology to to then kind of cast a broader net as well. So that is fantastic. And I'm sure our listeners are going to, or somewhat maybe salivating now to learn more about Black Mamba (laughs) products. Um, Can you tell us how we stay in contact with you and how they learn more about your product and, you know, identifying one of those outlets where they can purchase the product for themselves, be it, you know, in other countries or in the U.S.? Um, thanks so much for that. Yeah, basically, we have a website that has all the information that you want about Black Mamba. It's called blackmambachili.com. Chili with double L, because I believe in the States, it's actually spelled with one L. So <laughs> that kind of was a, a little mistake that we had. So blackmambachili.com. Uh-huh. But we are quite active on social media. And it's a great way just to follow everything that we do. So our, our handle for Instagram, which is our main channel, is at blackmambafood. So okay. it's very easy to stay connected. We're very active on giving people that would work. Fantastic. Well, I am sure that we will be sharing all of the um, websites and the addresses and your handles on our podcast website as well. Um, So thank you again so much for giving us your time, Claudia. I know that you are across the world um, in Swaziland and thank you for jumping on (laughs) and uh, sharing your story with us. Thanks so much, Monica, again, for the invitation. I I love the podcast. I have to say I love everything you share about. I love the authenticity of the stories of the people that you have in it. And I believe it's very powerful. Like you say, women entrepreneurs, we need this. We need to be with each other. We need to learn more. We need to actually create a path in the world. So tools like what you do with Beyond Barriers are extremely instrumental for us. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you again. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.